They're here! Or are they? Let's talk about that. Instead of focusing on winning arguments, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and marketing and how we can use them to win in the world of politics, teaching you how to meet people where they're at on the issues they care about. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Well, hey there, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show. Thank you for joining us on, of course, another fun-filled episode. I am, as always, your humble host, joining you live from our BNC studios here in lovely Eastern Indiana, and to help address the question, yes, are aliens in fact here? Are they amongst us? Returning to Conspiracy Corner, Aiden Mattis. Welcome back to the Brian Nichols Show. Hey, Brian. How you doing? Doing good, buddy. Good to have you back in the show. What's been new over in your world and over at the Lore Lodge? Uh, we were just off of a um, YouTube not liking me very much ban because <laughs> I uh, I decided to cover Sound of Freedom, so that, hmm. that went great. I... That's, we started talking about it, and then suddenly two of our videos did about a third of the normal views. Um, and then, ironically, the video on Sound of Freedom that we put out, which is almost two hours long, I will say off the bat, if if you're looking for a video that covers both sides, the, the allegations against Tim Ballard, No You Are, as well as some of the bullshit that Vice put out, I will recommend my video for that. The reason we did it is there was not a video on the internet that did it. Mm. So ours is very balanced. It looks at both sides of the issue, uh, addresses the claims from both groups. Um, there's some stuff that OUR, Operation Underground Railroad, absolutely, definitely did the wrong thing on. There's also some criticisms from groups like Vice that are complete BS. So if you're interested in any of that, go check it out. We could use the views. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we were like, how do we, how do we, uh, how do we bounce back from that? What's something we haven't covered in a while, but something that did really well back when we first did it? Something from before the channel became a big deal. And we settled on Skinwalker Ranch because while everybody knows it as Skinwalker Ranch, the majority of the stuff that allegedly happened there is more UFO oriented than mm. it is Skinwalker oriented. Go on. And with everything that's been going on recently in these last few weeks with these these UAP UFO hearings, we were like, oh, well, we should we should cover this. We should roll it all into one. And so uh, that that appears to have been the right thing to do based on the YouTube algorithm. Um, but I, I thought I'd, I'd kind of get started here by talking about Skinwalkers and Skinwalker Ranch because there's a a massive misconception here around what those actually are. Yeah, yeah. What is a Skinwalker? Like I've heard well, the term, but I, I've I've never really dug into yeah. the mythology of what it actually is. So I'm sure you've you've probably seen little like memes and videos about them, but right. like what based on what you've seen, what would you assume this is? Would you it, like? It, it's like a a, a th I don't know what to call it, but it's a thing that can turn itself into something that will try to lure you into some nefarious position or situation where it can then attack mm -hmm. and do like destroy you, eat you. I don't know, yep. like something so, like that. It's actually a lot more on brand than a lot of the people have it. Uh, the the version that I was seeing on TikTok in 2021, which was different from the version I came across on like iFunny, 4chan, Reddit back in that like 10 years ago uh -huh. was, oh, your your dog is behaving strangely. Skinwalker, the Amazon delivery driver, Skinwalker. Okay, like, I did see that. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah okay. just it can transform into yep. anything at all that it so chooses. And, and no, um, the version I was familiar with is that this is a like cannibalistic shape-shifting monster yes. yeah. from Navajo folklore, which, okay, almost, it turns out, and I had to get corrected on this by a number of uh, Native American folks, who I'm actually grateful to for, for telling me, hey, you have this wrong, because a lot of what I do is not necessarily, hey, look at this spooky monster, aren't you scared? I'm more of a, like, you know, cultural comparison kind of guy. 
I look at what's the same with this, what's different about this, Is what does this tell us about when these two cultures might have first interacted? Do they have similar folklore that defies the archaeological context? You know, questions like that are what gets me going. So those people corrected me and I'm grateful. What it actually is, what a skinwalker actually is, and again, this is still the best version I can give you. It might not be entirely accurate uh, because it's a closed practice. Navajo um, don't love talking about this to outsiders because a lot of people don't take it seriously. But what I learned is that it's actually a, a more like a witch, a medicine man, a shaman doing a, a ritual that is referred to as bad medicine. So medicine in this context doesn't just refer to specifically, uh, you know, what we think of as pharmaceuticals. We're thinking of any mixture herbal potion brew that's going to cause some sort of um, experience or effect on the body. Mm. So just more general, like drugs is kind of the term that gets applied to it now in, in modern English. I just don't want it to seem like we're talking about Native Americans out in the desert, you know, doing all sorts of drugs for fun. This is a very serious practice. And what it is, is people will use magic to transform themselves either spiritually or physically, appearance-wise, into a, a creature of some sort. So the most common ones you hear are like coyotes, wolves, dogs, and what a skinwalker has to do to get to this point is there's a number of things. They have to be guided through the process by somebody who already is a skinwalker. So there's a community aspect to this hmm. hierarchy, system of elders. It's all taboo, though. You can't talk about it out in the open. So you have to follow some steps. <laughs> There's just so much more to this than I thought there was. Oh, yeah. yeah I hear just oh, like, yeah. it's this little, it's this creature that attacks and eats people. Like, no, Aiden's come in. It's like, no, no, there's a whole mythology to this, <laughs> a, a whole yep. backstory to this. Sorry, keep, keep going, man. It just, it's You're fascinating. Fine. No. Um, so, yeah, you, you contact the elder, you get initiated, and the big step, the important part that everybody seems to recognize, the one thing I could find that is genuinely universal to this mythology is that you have to commit an act of violence and betrayal. That is generally the same act. The idea is you've got to kill a close family member, a friend, somebody who matters to you. You have to sacrifice that bond of love and friendship in order to be able to achieve the powers of the skinwalker, which again can range from you gaining the instincts of a given animal all the way through to physically transforming into that animal, depending on which version of the story you're hearing. So that's what skinwalkers actually are. They're not uh, and yes, they do do those little things like calling out for help from the woods. And there are the, you know, don't go whistling in the woods at night kind of things. There's all these little folklore stuff about skinwalkers that are actually pretty common to anything. But the specific stuff with these is that, that they commit an act of violence against somebody they care about. They then kill and don the pelt of the animal they want to take over the powers of. And then from there, it's a little bit more murky. And all we know about how to kill them is they don't like sage and cedar. And while, while a medicine man or a shaman might have more tools at their disposal, the average person is best suited uh, creating a fire, burning some stuff down till it's white ashes, coating your bullet or blade in that, and then using that to kill the skinwalker, which, of course, you at that point must shoot it in the head or the heart. Interesting. I so that's how skinwalkers work. <laughs> and you might be wondering, how the hell does this have to do with the ranch? And that was the question I had even after looking through everything. Because, yes, there there are some legends about this area in Utah, the Utah Basin, being the path of the skinwalker. Because back during the 1800s, the Ute sided with the United States mm -hmm. against the Navajo. And the United States and the Ute 
collectively then sent the Navajo on their own version of the Trail of Tears, which only like half of them survived. Uh, they were eventually allowed to come back. And the legend, so it goes, I haven't heard this from an actual Native American source, but I've seen it all over some various folklore sites on the internet. The idea is that the Navajo cursed that land that the Ute drove them from to be the path of the skinwalker, to be infested with skinwalkers, and that they all live in this place called Dark Canyon, which isn't far from Skinwalker Ranch. And so there's this general mythos about skinwalkers in the area, but the, the story from the Sherman Ranch, Skinwalker Ranch, that is really always brought up here, that is specifically their very first day there on the ranch. They buy it from the Myers family. The Myers family had been there since 1905 and had reported absolutely nothing out of the ordinary. The Shermans get there their very first day. Uh, they're putting the cattle out to pasture and they see a large wolf that walks over, a large wolf or coyote, it's unclear which it is, that walks over to the cattle pen and grabs a calf and keeps trying to drag it out, but it can't get it through the bars. So Terry Sherman and his dad run over and they start beating the thing. It won't let go, it won't get off. Terry pulls out a 357 Magnum and shoots it and it doesn't let go. He shoots it a second time, lets go, kind of looks at him and calmly walks away. Now, you shoot anything point blank with a 357, it's going to react and do some at damage. the very least <laughs> and do some damage. In this case, the story goes, they shot it. It didn't even react when they shot it the second time. It kind of got annoyed and left. Um, and I want to be clear. There is very little evidence that any of the stuff the Sherman said happened actually happened. The cattle mutilations. Yes, there's pictures, but. The other stuff, the UFOs they say they saw, all of these wolf incidents, some of these like shining orbs that I'll, I'll talk about in a moment. I, I don't want it to sound like I'm saying all of this definitely happened and you need to care. I just want you to understand what the mythos is here. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, but then they follow the coyote slash wolf off in the distance and the tracks just seem to stop the tree line. The, it's as if it just disappeared. So that's odd. There's also an incident where uh, Gwen... Gwen Sherman, I believe is her name, the wife, saw a a, tall, a large wolf that was as tall as her sedan, or as tall as her car, which it didn't say what kind of car, but even if it was a sedan, we're talking about like an almost five foot tall wolf. Wolves on average are 30 inches tall at the shoulders. That's huge. That would be a massive wolf. Um, so that's a little odd. She also notes another canine. There's a couple other mentions of canines on the ranch. But that's really the only skinwalker-related stuff. Because, yeah, if you were to encounter a tip traditional skinwalker that can take the form of an animal and you were to shoot it with a regular steel or brass bullet, it's not going to do anything. Mm -hmm. It's just going to bounce off. The thing's not going to be bothered. Had they shot it with a bullet with white ash, then theoretically, if this is a skinwalker, it would have penetrated. Um, they have gotcha. some sort of magical thing that they, they can't be harmed by normal weapons, but white ash for some reason breaks that. Interestingly enough, there's some burials that I cannot remember off the top of my head exactly where they were, but it was not the Navajo region. I want to say they were Algonquin of some kind, but I might be wrong. Um, that what they found is there were very large skeletons, six and a half, seven foot tall people buried deep underground, surrounded by a ring of normal sized people, five, eight to six foot. Um, and these, the taller skeletons, all of the skeletons, but specifically the taller ones, were coated in white ash. This is a completely different region of the United States, completely different culture, completely different folklore. So for some reason, it seems very widespread that white ash was seen as something that had to do with death in Native American cultures, hmm. which I find interesting. I don't know enough about it to know why that is. 
But when you get past the Skinwalker stuff at the ranch, it becomes clear that most of what we're dealing with here is spatial anomalies, UFOs, things like that, because they talk about uh, 40-foot-long box-like aircraft. Right. They mention that there's been everything from cigar shape to round um, to, to cones, like very strange shapes, stuff that are two or three football fields long. And you look at a lot of it and you're like, okay, well, some of this stuff could have been blimps. Some of this could have been experimental aircraft. We're only 380 miles from uh, Area 51. We're only 125 miles from Hill. So there's there's a few different Air Force bases in the region known for testing experimental aircraft. But they, they, they do talk about some stuff that I find very odd. And I, I want to, again, emphasize that a ton of this that they talk about does not have great evidence. Um, and I don't totally trust Jeremy Corbell or George Knapp. Uh, I, I don't trust any journalists. I specifically trust even less the UFO journalists because um, they are all very inclined to stretch the truth if it benefits them in my experience. Regardless, and that, that also applies for cryptozoology and certain folktale-oriented communities. I don't want to make it sound like I'm just going after the UFO people, <laughs> and I'm not even saying that I don't necessarily believe that there could be aliens. I, if I was shown proof that there were aliens, I would, I would go, okay, there's aliens. Um, I just am not like super into it. I'm not a coast to coast AM kind of guy. I uh, hey, really quick stories. pause real quick. Aiden, I'm sure. curious to that point. What would you actually consider to be proof of aliens? Like what would you accept as proof? I would be pretty hard to convince, especially with how far AI and deep fakes and all of that are, are coming. Um, you know, if you could get, I think I'd basically need to, I'd need to see the live video feed of them stepping off the ship and shaking hands with Biden. Um, <laughs> I think that would that would do it for me. If I saw that, I'd be like, okay. If it was live on multiple news stations, including independent media, you could get me there. Um, but, you know, to, to kind of do a hard segue to the recent hearings... Um, I'm completely unconvinced by these hearings because what I'm what I'm seeing is them saying, did you find pilots? And they're like, there were non-human biologics. Which could mean anything. It, it, could and be, that's, it could be a cat. Exactly. That's what bugs me is like non-human biologics means there could have been atmospheric bacteria found on a very much terrestrial aircraft. Right. Like also... That's not a response to the question, did you find pilots? The The response to that would be, no, we did not find pilots, or yes, we found pilots. Not There's non-human biologics, and, and it does not remotely for a second escape me that this comes out as soon as Trump's getting indicted yet again, right. and Hunter Biden's plea deal falls through. Yep. The establishment is working overtime to make sure, because here's the thing, the Republicans know they're, they're screwed. Like they know it's they're getting Trump. Like they cannot kill Trump. Indictments haven't killed Trump. Nothing's killing Trump. The only thing that can stop Trump is whether or not the voters vote for Trump. Um, so I think they know that they need to keep him under wraps. I think the Bidens are very aware of how bad things are. So I think they're trotting out UFOs again, just like they trotted out UFOs in April of 2020, just as we started to realize that a certain uh, pandemic was not as under control as we thought it was. And prior to that, they rolled it out in 2018, around the same time that a whole bunch of Russian diplomats were expelled from 20 plus countries. Um, and it goes back further and further. Every single time there is something important going on in the world that the U.S. government wants our attention focused elsewhere, there's aliens. So is it fair to is it fair to ask the question? I guess 
are aliens all contrived from the government? I mean, going back to 1947 with Roswell, right? When this whole conversation really took off, no pun intended, but like that's, that that would fit right in line with yep. the the creation of our security state, right? Um, this is a post World War II world. Now you have things mm-hmm. like the FBI, the CIA, um, eventually the NSA, starting to to grow and grow and grow. Powers, uh, you know, pretty much un- unencumbered, so they can do what they want. Uh, and and with this, it makes a perfect a perfect cover story. So I guess I'm I'm saying mm-hmm. all that, Aiden. Is it necessarily a conspiracy so much to say that it makes sense that the government maybe not only uses the alien conversation, but dare I say, help create the conversation to help pull attention away from when things like Trump indictment, Hunter Biden plea deal falling apart, mm-hmm. Biden scandal just starting to, to really catch on fire. Like all these really important things pop up. It's it's no look at shiny object. Yep. I, I think that I, I would absolutely say 100% the government has used UFOs and aliens as a a shiny object, to distra- a red herring to distract us from stuff. I don't know that I would go so far as to say that they started it on purpose, but there have been a number of different aircraft that we've tested that have not looked like aircraft in the typical sense. We have seen that what the Nazis had, at least in terms of what their their prototypes and their plans looked like. I I think that it's very possible that what happened in 1947 was an experimental aircraft crashed near Roswell. Mm-hmm. And the government was like, we don't want anybody finding out about this because we don't want the Soviets knowing what we might have. That very much could look like the government covering up aliens. You get a couple of people who already believe in aliens who see it all happen, maybe get in there, get to the newspapers, get some photos first before anyone else can kind of get the, the, the censorship apparatus fully going. And then... What do you have? Well, the government can't comment on it because it was top secret aircraft that they didn't want people to find out about. There's absolutely no civilian idea. Like, we, we do not have the modern internet and the modern press. The average civilian had no idea what the government was up to. So you can very easily see a, a, a conspiracy wildfire start. And what can the government do? If it's not, if it is aliens... The government can really only do one, two things. They can either completely hide it or they can say, yeah, it's aliens, which opens up a whole new set of problems. And they then have to prove it's aliens. They have to show you the aliens. Um, so if there's not aliens, there's really only one option. You can't say it's aliens. But you can't deny it's aliens without everybody assuming it's aliens. Right. So you have to take this weird, ambiguous stance where you're like non-human biologics. We're not going to talk about it. We'll let you. We'll let you wonder because it's better for everybody if the U. If the the populace and Russia and China all think that Area 51 is looking at aliens rather than a nuclear missile that you can't detect. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> there's a. There's. They would much rather it be that. There's also a reason when you look at you know Area 51 that it's got the kind of security it has that you know it's not. You you can't fly over there at all without being threatened by F-16s. I feel like that level of secrecy only applies to stuff you're testing above ground. <laughs> um, because anything that they would be testing with aliens would be tested underground. Right. So it's more that they don't want you seeing whatever is going on in the air. 
<laughs> in my opinion. You know, so like I said, I'm not I'm not saying that aliens don't exist. But when I look at what's going on with with the government right now and I look back at some of the stuff that was said about Skinwalker Ranch, um, for example, one thing was that they saw orbs of light emerging from orange rimmed portals that were just in midair. And of course, it's like, well, what is that? Because that sound that doesn't sound like any sort of experimental technology I've ever seen Mm -hmm. or heard about. That one has me interested. Why is the focus on the the big shiny object in the sky and not the portal commentary? Right. What what's with the somebody just created a wormhole on planet and we're not talking about it because we're too busy talking about the the flying saucers. Um, you know, I just I I think that the the genuinely I'm trying to think of the best way to phrase this. I don't I think we're looking for the wrong things. I don't think that a UFO is going to look like our an aircraft we understand. Think about, go back and watch Star Wars. Star Wars had giant death lasers in space. Star Wars had repulsor technology. It had VTOL aircraft. It had all sorts of stuff that was already being talked about. It did not have cell phones. It did not have uh, plasma screen TVs. It did not have even, it didn't even have graphic user interfaces. We cannot comprehend the technology of the future we like to think that we have ideas and every once in a while we get something right but we we really don't know and we're also assuming that aliens that come here and and, you know the one thing i could see with the non-human biologics stuff non-terrestrial biologics whatever they said the one thing i could see there is that we're talking about a biological drone something that is organic matter that maybe even can think and process things through electrical impulses, but that isn't living in the way we totally understand it. If if that's what they're talking about, now I'm intrigued. But what non-terrestrial biologics would have to mean to me is not, it's something biological that came from space. It would have to be, we can't classify that. Mm-hmm. We don't know what right. that is. If they came forward and said that, then I'd be intrigued. Otherwise, it just sounds like word salad to try and distract. And going back, by the way, to the the idea of aliens being contrived by the government, right? You, you kind of see the, see the test case. So 1947 is Roswell. Nine years earlier, 1938, you have Orson Welles' War of the Worlds. Yep. And the, the reaction from the public was mass hysteria and i think yeah, they that, thought it was real right exactly and i think that opened the eyes to powers that be because all of a sudden they realized how i mean they, they knew that fear was powerful but just how fear inducing the idea of an alien invasion people from out of this world little green men from from mars coming and invading how that was able to turn everybody in, into mass hysteria so if that maybe planted the seeds and then all of a sudden have that in the back pocket to say, again, look at shiny objects, stop looking at the actual yep. things that are important, the things that we're working on behind the scenes, and instead look at the little green men, or at least believe that to be the conversation. Now, that doesn't you know, change the conversation that you have folks out there like uh, Steve, um, what's his name from... Uh, the, the documentary, Stephen, uh, not Glansberg, Stephen Glansberg from Superbad. That's really funny. Um, Stephen, what's his name? Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, Pinker? 
That's the only Steven no, I can think of. No, no. I'll, I'll look it up. You you riff for a second. Let me look it up. Sure. Real quick. Um, yeah, man, I'm just thinking about it. And I, I, I mean, on the one hand, I want to believe. I think it would be fun. But also, I just see, like, when, when you think about when all of this is going on, all of this alien stuff is really peaking. It's all during the Cold War. Stephen Greer, by the way. Stephen Greer, got yes, it. Sorry. Yeah, it's all dur- during the Cold War, and it's when you think about it, what what would you prefer that the average person isn't thinking about? Right. Probably complete, nuclear complete annihilation. A nuclear annihilation. Exactly. Yeah. So if you're not if if you want to keep the, I, I'm not using the term low IQ here as a derogatory, but if you want to keep the low IQ people from freaking out about nuclear annihilation and asking questions, give them the UFOs. Yep. What you should really be worried about is those people up in space. Why don't you go look for them? Suddenly, you've you've gotten rid of an entire percentage of your population that's going to be asking questions that you did not have an answer to, nor did you have the capability to communicate what was going on to those people. There's just far too many possibilities. Yeah, yeah. Well, man, um, this is I think this is something it's it's curious to keep an eye on right now because of the timing and. Yeah. And the the insistence of having these conversations about aliens from the government, the ones leading the conversation, mm-hmm. makes me raise my eyebrow. Um, exactly, it's the libertarian inclination. I think I'm just a little little skeptical at my core. Yeah, exactly. Um, when being libertarian leads you to not believe in aliens because the government said they might exist. <laughs> it's that meme. It's like 2012 uh, conspiracy theorists aliens are real. 2023 conspiracy conspiracy theorists aliens aren't real. Uh, it, it, and, and but truly, right? It, and you look at what the government does, and I guess this will be my final thoughts before I turn it over to you, Aiden, for your final thoughts. Sure. Um, when you look at what the government does in its communication, or in many instances, lack thereof, with the public, and many situations, especially over the past three years, where we saw this firsthand, where government was telling you one thing, and then we see behind the scenes they knew and and were acting on completely different information than they were putting out, right? Whether it's Dr. Fauci saying, you know, wear wear a mask, even though months earlier he was saying masks won't do anything for a respiratory virus. He was on camera. He he, Mm -hmm. he openly was saying that. He's saying it was a waste of time to try to use the cloth masks that you would would find at, you know, or you'd make at home. Uh, And you'd only really be able to use those high surgical grade N95 masks or better. Um, The very first political news and government like statements I can remember are and i'm not kidding you the very first political issue i remember is there are weapons of mass destruction in iraq there you go i am 25 years old right now the very first thing i remember as like a five-year-old boy politically was weapons of mass destruction in iraq Mm -hmm. the very first thing i remember about the u.s government telling me something is one of the most famous lies in history yeah and and I still <laughs> I, I know I'm not supposed to grow up like this. Yeah, and, and like I know people to this day who who still stick to those original narratives, right? And and it's because of the trust that your mm-hmm. average citizen I think just implicitly gives government entities mm-hmm. because they were raised in this this government education slash indoctrination system where you, you trust the government. You pledge your allegiance to the country and to the government every single day. And 
this is just kind of like the world they grew up in is that, yeah, this is just yeah. what we do, right? This is the way it's always been, which as a sales guy, that's like the worst phrase to ever hear any customer say, because I know that they just embrace the status quo. Whereas folks like you, Aiden, who go out and you do the work, you're, you're, you're questioning the traditional narratives and you're bringing actual stuff to the table that you know, while it, it may you know look at the, the stuff, you're, you're going to question it yourself and you're going to challenge yep. it from a skeptic's perspective. And I love that about your show. I love that you bring that perspective that energy because i think you're more representative of the up-and-coming generation uh, specifically in gen z where you see there is this desire for kind of like an understanding of why instead of just like the like you know yeah government just does this okay well why right actually starting to ask those questions i really am hopeful to see that we continue down this path especially with recent data coming out showing that there was a a massive jump in high school men who are now identifying as a conservative leaning so that's something i think we should be keeping an eye on but uh, i i think you know with that being said uh the ufo conversation skinwalker ranch yes these are all things that it, it makes it easier to maintain the conversation, especially yeah. when you're the government per- perpetuating the narrative. But that's my final thoughts. Aiden, what do you have for us in your end? Yeah, I mean, as for me, I think I, I think that there are some very interesting and compelling arguments for aliens, for extra dimensional beings, all sorts of really cool stuff we can look at. I just think that we also need to be very careful when we're dealing with this stuff to not fall for the obvious nonsense, the, the grifting, the people who are just in it to make a quick buck. There's some cool stuff out there. There's some legitimately unexplainable phenomenon that have that that is public knowledge that they want to move us away from, so they keep pushing us towards the dumb stuff. Uh, that's why your TV is filled with entertainment that is not trying to inform you, but to distract you. And yeah, sure, there's there's a place for that, and to some extent. It's self-fulfilling. That is the media we consume. That is the media that we pay for. So that's the media we continue to get. But even when the the documentary style stuff is watered down and made to seem like it's conspiracy theory, that's when I start to question the motivations, the ulterior reasons that somebody might be wanting to display something in a way that makes everybody think, ah, well, that's ridiculous. No, I think that there's there's more than meets the eye to this world. There's certain things that we absolutely don't understand. I mean, to try and explain electricity to somebody 150 years ago, it's not going to go very well, <laughs> even though we had it. We had electricity 150 years ago. Go and explain it to some farmer living in Alabama. And if I may, Aiden, just to add, in reverse to people so quickly forget the past. Go mm-hmm. ask your average person, tell me five facts about your great-great-grandpa. Yep. You're going to get deer in the headlights look, right? And that just speaks how quickly the 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 information is lost and why yep. it's so important for us to continue to have these conversations and frankly to do what we're doing. I, I hate when people are like, well, you know, why are you going to waste your time in the podcast? It's like, yeah, we're, we're having a conversation to document like history, to document reality, to document what's oh, actually. As a, as a historian, this is the best period ever. Right, because like oodles of I'm data. Here, I'm like, I have the, the historians of the future are gonna have so much material to work with. I mean, almost probably too much material. To, there's gonna be a PhD student assigned to like every single podcast that ever happened. <laughs> Can <laughs> I you do imagine? Not envy them, um, because most of the podcasts out there are not very good. But <laughs> yeah, well, your average podcast also never gets past ten episodes, so that's yeah, too. We're at seven hundred and fifty-seven ish. So I, I guess yeah, I we're, we we're just 
we're doing okay. We had our hundredth like a few weeks ago. Um, my man, which is cool, but <laughs> my yes. man, and, and and you guys are crushing it, by the way. And, and how about Thank this? You. This is a segue to as we're wrapping things up here, folks. Please go support Aiden at the Lore Lodge. Like you guys are are absolutely crushing it over there. You've been working your asses off, and it's paying off. You guys are are getting hundreds of thousands of subscribers. You're getting millions of views. You guys are absolutely crushing it. So please Thank tell you. us where folks can go ahead, support you guys, follow you on social media, but also, you know, support the Laura Lodge. Give us a little bit more background there and uh, where can folks go ahead and support you there? Sure. So for the Laura Lodge, the most direct way people can support is we have a Patreon profile that is just the Laura Lodge. Uh, you can subscribe for as little as $1 a month. That is, you know, a it, that compounds and it's huge and it's awesome. So thank thank you to everybody who currently does that too. But that's the most direct way. If you want to follow us, we are the Lore Lodge on YouTube, the Lore Lodge on Instagram, the Lore Lodge on Twitter. We're the Lore Lodge basically everywhere. And then me personally, I am at the Aiden Mattis, which is spelled the same way as you see on your screen right now, or at Aiden Mattis on Twitter. Is it Twitter? Is it X.com? Aiden, what is it? I hate the fact that they changed it because now I did see though, by the way, did you see Elon's tweet about the the possible the 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 middle ground, the Twitter bird into the X? I could I could do that. It looks really or good. Or Twitter actually. by X. That would have been the easy option. Here, keep talking but, for a second. I'm gonna pull this up really was, quick. Really? Um I get what he was doing. I get the thought process or like X, the X app or, it, but there's, I, I think getting rid of all the Twitter specific stuff was not a good idea. Like the retweet. And, it's a brand, man. It's a brand and I get what he's doing, but it is all very, I think this is where his, and I say this is somebody who has a tendency to do the same kind of things. I think this is where his autism gets to him. Um, <laughs> it's like he had, he had this idea and he stuck with it and he is now completely dead set on achieving it and nothing will stop him. And I have been there myself, so I get it, but... App Bird. I, I think he may have deleted the uh, the tweet he had. Um, but it, it looked it looked legit. It was the X logo, but with one hat, mm. like one part of the X line was the Twitter bird, like kind of doing this like Phoenix looking thing. Um, yeah. Actually, it looked good. I thought it looked good, and now I can't find it. Unless it was a parody and I got trolled, which could have happened. But um, if that was the case... Maybe Elon should take some advice because it looked like a really good uh, logo. Yeah. But anyways, yes, uh, go ahead. Please, folks, support the Laura Lodge. Support Aiden. Please follow yours truly also on Twitter slash X.com as well as on Facebook at B Nichols Liberty. And while we are demonetized here on the YouTubes, we are not demonetized over on Facebook. What? I know. Surprise, <laughs> surprise. I go from three years ago being this close to losing my page and having it unpublished over on Facebook to them actually saying, yeah, we can monetize you. Why not? So if you want to go ahead and Give us some, uh, some was it Facebook stars or something? Uh, you can go ahead and do that or support the show uh, over on our Patreon. Become a 5 or $10 a month supporter. Uh, or you can go ahead and give us a one-time donation over there as well. BrianNicholsShow.com forward slash support. And by the way, I do have to go ahead and give a shout out to today's sponsor. And I'll go ahead and share my screen. Our sponsor today is our uh, our store, which is uh, supported by Proud Libertarian. And here you can go ahead and get our Liberty Legends shirt. If you look at our shirt here on the YouTube Rumble or Sovereign uh, streams as you're watching here today, you'll see on your screen right now a lot of noted Liberty Legends like Ron Paul, Thomas Sowell, Murray Rothbard, uh, Walter Williams, and more. So if you want to go ahead and get 
get your Liberty Legends shirt, head over to briannicholsshow.com forward slash shop. It'll bring you right over to a proud libertarian store where you can grab your, your shirt or anything else we have over there. Swag beyond uh, what I can explain here on the, the air today. Bumper stickers, backpacks, hats, all that and more. Just use code TBNS at checkout for 15% off of your order folks thank you for joining aiden on and uh, and i and also folks uh, by the way i mentioned youtube rumble and sovereign uh, if you are joining us over there please do me a favor hit that like button subscribe button and also little notification bell so you miss a single time we go live and by the way if you are joining us over on sovereign s-o-v-r-e-n well congratulations you're seeing today's episode before anybody else that's your sovereign exclusive and i am a big fan of ben swan's independent media entity that is sovereign so if you have not checked it out yet please go ahead and do so aiden thank you for joining us and folks thank you for joining us we appreciate you uh, sticking around and sticking yes as we go through our conspiracy corner all things ufos skinwalkers and more so with that being said brian nichols signing off here on the brian nichols show for aiden mattis we'll see you next time thanks for listening to the brian nichols show Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com.